I want to be the rider. I ride what? you. <laughs> like an actual bull, not like the mechanical bull. I'm saying like you're oh, on a yes. full <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> Welcome back to Give It, it to Me Straight. Oh, I didn't know if you were going to jump in there. I can't believe how quick you put your contacts in. I've yeah. never seen that before. What do you mean? Me putting my contacts so in? You're like, I general? can't put the headphones on. Because so my glasses. Like, Let me put the contacts in so I go to pet Kobe. And like, it must have been five seconds. I mean, it doesn't take long. You've seen me put them in before. You're a pro. Well, you're yeah, a pro. I've been wearing contacts, I think, since fourth grade. <laughs> Did I ever tell you about my dad? My, he was like trying to wear contacts. He was trying them out because he wore glasses forever. Oh. And I remember I came home from school yeah. one day and my dad had like 50 little contact lenses crunched up on the table. He had his own little like personal mirror and he's just sitting there crying and he looks at me and he's like, I can't do this. Well, they tell you to practice like when you first get them because practice makes perfect, but it is, it is challenging. And I can imagine that it's harder probably the older that you get because you're just like not wanting to stick things in your eyeballs. Well, it doesn't help that he has little sausage fingers. <laughs> So like oh the, the small contact going on this kibasi of a yeah. finger trying to put it in your eyeball. I just want LASIK so bad. I feel like that needs to be a priority spending for me. 100%. Speaking of money. That should be. That really should be the first thing you do. Well, you know what? Cameras and gear are more I mean, more you literally, Alex right literally can't see. Like, can you see me? I'm maybe yes, like I have contacts. Oh, well, no shit. Yeah. Uh, someone though did <laughs> comment on a TikTok video where I'm wearing my glasses and they were like, holy fuck, you're blind. Cause you could she tell like bottle cap. You glasses. can tell by how thick my glasses are. Yeah. And I was like, you would be correct, sir. I am blind. But you even tell me you're like, well, you're at night. You're scared if someone like broke into oh, my, our house. You're like, I'd be dead. My and- biggest fear as a kid was getting kidnapped and then not being able to recognize if I was like around people that I knew. Like if I got kidnapped without my glasses. You get saved and they're like, uh, identify your kidnapper. Like, like, I couldn't do it. No clue. <laughs> yeah, exactly. A blob. Like, not being able to know where I am because I can't read street signs or like I wouldn't be able to see my mom if she was right next to me. Yeah. That's scary. That's crazy. Well, because when I was a kid, it was when Elizabeth Smart was kidnapped. So I was like, Who's that? You don't know who Elizabeth Smart is? No. John, yes, you do. I don't know names. I mean, was she the. I'm, for some reason, I'm thinking of the murderer in Italy. No. <laughs> she was just kidnapped. <laughs> I mean, so many, people are, ki- so many people are kidnapped. We like, kids, you're, you're it- name dropping, like, this is a specific okay. incident well, that anyway, everyone should know about. The, her story was huge when maybe it's because you were in high school and I was in elementary school when she got kidnapped. So, you guys are the same age, though. Really? I think. Yeah, you and Elizabeth Smart. Where'd she get kidnapped from? I don't remember what state, but the story was huge. And I was like, this is going to happen to me. And I'm not going to know where I am. She got found, though. No, that's good. I can't believe you haven't heard of the story. Anyway, moving you, I on. I mean, you're not really giving me any fucking details. All you keep saying is her name and she got kidnapped. That is so broad. I just, you, you don't know. So okay, it's like, sweet. You don't, you don't know. <laughs> um, okay, anyways. Anyway, though. I need LASIK. <laughs> <laughs> Circling back, Alex needs LASIK. All right, well, I'll give you my high. My high is that we are more than halfway through wedding season. Whoop, whoop, whoop. Yep. And I just feel like this year, especially, it's a big feat to have made it more than halfway through. I can't believe like it's already... Like if I already... could fast forward through any part of my life right now. No, I mean, it's just it's just busy, but 
all the weddings that we've done, knock on wood, have been great. So we have the rest of August, September, October. We have not a ton in November, and then we have one in December. I'm scared to ask you what we have because you yell at me every time. It's all on the calendar. Not all of them. There's some weddings that aren't on the calendar. All right. So yeah, I'm like, oh, we got a free true. weekend. You're like, no. No, we don't have any free weekends. But that's my high. Is we're halfway through wedding season. I'm just hoping, like, um, not to freak anyone out, but like with that Delta variant or whatever. Don't even put that juju out there. Well, it's just, you know, ho- hopefully nothing happens from it, but I would hate to have anything pushed. Can you imagine? Like, I feel like things went back to normal, quote unquote, so quickly where people were just like, back to partying. And then now, like, I just can't imagine it just shutting down how it did in 2020. Yeah. I, it, hopefully it doesn't come to that again. Oh, I know what my high is. My high low together kind of is... So we're going to Vision Quest. Vision Quest, for people who don't know the broad definition of it or whatever that it is, is that it's it's like an expo for cinematographers pretty it's much. It's just a filmmaker conference. So yeah, if you're like in the wedding filmmaker world, it's a, it's just a conference where you get to go to like work, workshops, classes, and it's in Austin and we've never been. So I was like, boom, this will be go awesome. Go to Texas, knock out two birds with one stone, learn yeah. something and go to a new place. Yeah, I'm excited. It'll be fun. But It's, it's cool though because there's multiple like companies that are there that we we really enjoy watching. But kind of my high because now I'm kind of interested in going, but my low is I kept not wanting to go because it's so expensive. I was like, Alex, you go, you're going to get more from it and then you can just teach me what you learned. But it's different because I feel like it's nice to do those things together. That way we're both going to absorb different types of information and it will help our business overall. I mean, it makes sense. Like I'm not going to take the notes that you would probably take or... Well, it just makes sense for both of us to go because we're both the owner of the company. Like, obviously, yeah. we should go together. Right. Anyways, plus, I'm I'm excited to just, like, get out and do something that's not involved, like me editing for right. a weekend, you know? Well, it's not the weekend. They specifically schedule it not during the weekend because it's all <laughs> wedding filmmakers. Oh, oh, that's right. Because we go on Sunday, right? Yeah, yeah, Sunday. But yeah, that's kind of like my high and my low. My low is... Go ahead. I already know your low. It, it's your stomach, your little tum-tum aches. <laughs> You're just saying that because I can't think of a low. Sure. My low. It seems like a pretty bad low. You were out for the count for a couple hours. Well, it's just like annoying because, you know, it's always after a meal and I can never pinpoint exactly what it is. Like at first I was like, oh, this was a few years ago. I was like, oh, I think it's avocados that really like upset my stomach, which like have never upset my stomach before. And I was like, oh, maybe it's like runny eggs which have also never upset my stomach before. And bananas. And then, well, no, bananas, I've, I've tested that You're theory. like, no, every time <laughs> yeah, bananas every single time bananas make me vomit. But recently, just like within the past two days, I don't know if it's quinoa or hot sauce, but something is fucking up my stomach. And I'm just like, it's a sour stomach for three to four hours. And it is like so painful. I don't know what it is. Maybe I need to talk to someone who's Those sugar tum-tum eggs are the worst. I don't know. I don't know what it is, but that's probably my low because then I'm just not as productive <laughs> because I'm like, I want to edit and answer emails and I'm just like, all I could do is be crawled up. That the is ball. the worst feeling though. Yeah. Alex, we had some friends over the other day and I had like five grapes and I was out <laughs> for the count. I was like upstairs in our room. I started throwing up. I just can't like for me, I can't eat anything sweet. If you think about like all the things that people consume in a day, like think about how many ingredients we're actually eating, like with coffee, not that we're eating coffee, but like how much we're actually eating, like 
and what it, like do we actually know the breakdown of what's in everything i feel like it depends on what's already in your stomach before you consume something like maybe if you had an empty stomach and you're drinking a glass of apple juice and that acidic value in that apple juice is just going to kill your stomach well this is why we should invest in a nutritionist or a personal yes. chef. or have a nutritionist like on the podcast to explain yeah, these true. things to us yeah we're gonna start introducing some more guests we've just been crazy around so okay so with what we were kind of my low and then your high or whatever kind of going into what our topic of today is is what when you and your partner have different spending habits money right like i want to purchase a personal chef and a stylist and you would probably just want to buy like the most insanely expensive gaming chair yes <laughs> but like for us i don't i guess i would say i'm a little more frugal. i don't think i'm frugal i think i'm just more aware mindful. of our i'm more mindful we're both pretty mindful but you're definitely you put more thought into where yeah, our you're, money goes. you're not you're not bad at all but like you like to spend your money on like trips i guess i do too but i like to invest money back into the business and you like to think about it like i'm like we need this camera we need this lens we need to do this. We need to do that. And you're like, but do we? I think I more look at it like I'm always watching our account. Yeah. You know, and I guess like I have a safety net number that I want to keep at. And if it goes under that, it stresses me out. Right. But so as like, that's should. why I'm aware of what we're spending on. I think one person has to be like that in every relationship. And I think when it's two extremes where like one person is an extreme saver and one person is an extreme spender, that's where you can run into issues. So let's talk or about- Or if you're both extreme spenders or just have vices that like <laughs> right. one loves to go shopping for clothes and another one is like a tech head or something, you know, and like your vice is something where you're just love spending money on, then that's an even bigger problem mm. when you both are like spenders, you know? Well, I mean, then maybe they just like wouldn't give a shit about both spending their money. I think the issues come when like it's two opposite sides of the spectrum. But I mean, then you run into financial problems. But let's talk about numbers. So 50% of marriages are statistically going to end in divorce. And of those 50%, 31 to 45% of those divorces are because of financial problems. Wow. Where'd you get that? I don't know. I looked Fun up like, fact, Alex. <laughs> I looked up several different sources and like the numbers that I was finding were, were averaging between, around yeah, that. like 31 and 45%. And they were either the top reason or the second reason for a divorce. Uh, the other one was infidelity. I mean, which, that fucking makes sense though. Like how that's so stressful. Our whole economy and our culture is based around income. Well, I mean, if you think about it, it's like if you have money problems, that's going to equal stress, which is going to equal a lack in intimacy, a lack in communication, which is going to lead to resentment, which is going to lead to divorce. Like it is just going to have a domino effect on all the things in your relationship. So half the crime podcasts that I listen to are husbands killing their wives for a life insurance policy because they have like gotten in so much trouble with money that they need an extra half million dollars so they just kill their wives that is fucking crazy <laughs> i know you gotta think about the willpower you have to have though like with everything that's out there to kill someone <laughs> <laughs> yeah to kill someone to not kill someone yeah. no i mean just like what's out there for consumption 
And right. how like it's so throwing your face on social media oh, ads yeah. and, and all that. It's well, like, it's like keeping up with the Joneses. People just like want to sh- show that they have the new and fancy thing, the nice car, the good clothes. And it's like if you can't swing it, then don't. I'm literally trying to remember in my business administration class in college, there's like three types of people or consumers. And one's like the people that need it as soon as it comes out. Right. Then the people that wait a little bit of time for it to kind of the price drop down a little bit. And there's people at the very end where they'll get it eventually, like used but they're in no sale. rush. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I can identify with that with camera gear. There's only been like one time when I was like, I'm going to get this as soon as it is released. And it was the Canon R5, but every other camera or lens or like piece of technology or gear, I'm like, mm, I'm not in a rush because I truly think it's about who's behind the camera not necessarily the gear that you have. I think it kind of goes with your, Enneagram a little bit too. I like bringing this up a little bit just because I read some like of what we are. Like <laughs> we as need for, to do an episode on it. We'll we have do. to get an expert on the Enneagram. But like as far as me being a loyalist warrior, I guess what I think about when I think of tech or new things coming out for consumption, like say, for example, the PlayStation, the new PlayStation that came out. Dude, would I love to have it? A hundred percent. But I rather wait for everyone else to get it and see what's going on if there's bugs or there's like recalls all that and just wait till all that's kind of figured out and then get it down the road when there's a little discount and it's actually working fine when they come out with the next one (laughs) yeah exactly like the iphones it's like you can't keep up but i think in relationships it's definitely important to address your financial situation early on like this isn't something that i want to learn about you two years into our relationship that you are in fifty thousand dollars of debt (laughs) finances, your religion, what like political views you take and like babies or no babies. I feel like these are all key convos you need to have before you get married. Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of key convos, but like, you know, maybe this isn't a first date conversation, but I do think like once you guys start to be exclusive together or even like before that, I think the financial conversation definitely has to come up at least like where you are, what your goals are, because if you're not honest about that, it's just going to create problems down the road. Like those are things that you should be upfront about. Like we joke about dating in your twenties versus dating in your thirties. Like your conversations are so different in your twenties. You're like, Oh, like, what do you do for fun on the weekends? Like, do you have a dog? What's your favorite color? And then in your thirties, you're like, what's your FICO score? Exactly. (laughs) Right. So what are some like signs that somebody or like your partner maybe like financially fucked? (laughs) Yeah, I mean, I think if they're secretive about their finances, if like they don't like having the conversation about money, like if you're uncomfortable talking about money, I think that that's a red flag. I also think being impulsive, impulsive with your purchases or just like your partner buying five Mac desktops for no reason, you know, <laughs> or like like just something like that you is an unnecessary purchase, but without really talking to you about it. Exactly. You got to watch out for that or if they're not if they haven't disclosed their debt. You know the show that I was watching the other day? It was like the How reunion. do you do when would you do that though? Like bring up your debt? Yeah, I'd be like, "Hey, just FYI before we I mean, I would bring them that up early in the dating process and just no, be if like No, you're the person in debt. That's what I'm saying. I would bring that up and be like, "Yeah, like I went out of state for school and I have these student loans. This is my plan of paying them off, blah blah blah." Like and either like let that person know this isn't your financial burden and then leave it on them to be like, oh, well, I make this much. Like if we do 
end up together, I'd be happy to help you. Well, I think, ha- I think I would- also like you can put a disclaimer out there. Like this is my debt. Yeah. Like if we got married or whatever, this is set aside where like I have to pay this on my own. Like, well, that's a hundred percent where it all comes down to communication. Communication. But seriously, these are conversations that you have to have because if your partner does not want to help you take on that load, that might affect both of your goals down the road. And again, like you can't blame them for not wanting to take on the debt that you have gotten into. I mean, but student loans, man, those will fuck you for life. It is crazy. Yeah. The fucking interest rate on those mofos are so mm-hmm. high. Yeah. Okay. So like you're you're dating, you find out your partner's in debt right? You're, you're not married yet or whatever. You're just dating. Like, how do you move around those waters? Well, if you're someone who I know that I want to end up with and marry and like our finances are going to become one one day, then we'll come up with a goal and a long-term plan of like, how are we going to, going to cut back on other things so that we could get this debt taken care of together as a team? But some people might not want to do that. You know, like they might be like, this is completely for you to take care of on your own. You know, it's just about having that conversation, like we've said a thousand times. Shouldn't you just listen to, what's that guy's name? Dave Ramsey. Dave Ramsey. I almost said Gordon Ramsey. (laughs) Yeah, no, I mean, he has a great course, I guess, or podcast, I don't know, about financial independence and like working through debt. That's such a tight budget thing you have to do, right? Because then your brother's friend like followed that plan. He paid whole house, yeah. But he was like, he could, he didn't, they didn't spend anything. Well, and that's what it is. It's like, I think getting on the same page and figuring out what your financial goals are, because if you're okay with having a payment for the rest of your life, you have to know that, um, moving forward that you guys are going to have this payment and your spending is going to look a little bit different. So I think number one is getting on the same page with what your financial goals are, because even if you guys aren't in debt, I think you should still be working towards the same goal financially right right you know like god having a mortgage alone is stressful like just knowing that we have a mortgage we have to pay off stresses me out so it is what it is just again we have, goes two, with, we have two mortgages we're getting rid, rid of one of them but again like talking about your goals like do you need to be driving the newest car or are you good getting a used car that's completely paid off like do you want those payments like where would you rather spend your money on vacations on payments here or payments there like you know you guys i think have to figure out like what you want mutually yeah right and then you just have to make a plan stick to the plan and just both be on the same page and supportive of one another because that's the only way you're going to get through that so it's another way to do it create a budget so this isn't an episode on getting out of debt this is just like if you and your partner have different spending habits but i think one thing to meet in the middle is to create a budget between you guys because if one person is making more money than, than the other you could feel like i feel like it could feel a little bit more stressful that like one person has to hold more of the financial weight or or whatnot so it might just be easier to create a budget I think key points on making that budget also are like, what is a priority for you? Like we can allot X amount of dollars for a vacation. We can allot X amount of dollars for grocery. This much is left over for playtime, whether that be like going to the movies or going out to eat or happy hour, you know, X amount is for our bills and just making sure that you guys have that. I think also that helps you like identify what your vices are or like what is what you're spending on too. You're like, oh shit. I realized that I've been spending 200 bucks a month on Netflix, like whatever, any little service. You're like, do I actually need all these? I love though that like people, I mean, we're, we're in the same boat, but like 
you don't get cable and then you end up spending all this money on streaming services and you're probably spending more than cable. Yeah, but you're not getting the same thing though. I mean, of course. Yeah, it's different. But <laughs> like, like, fuck it. I could, cable sucks. The only thing is like if you're a diehard sports fan, that's different. But what's on cable? The Bachelorette. What? Sweet. <laughs> Sweet. You get two months of The Bachelorette and then uh, that's well, it. Well, no, because then The Bachelor and then Bachelor in Paradise. Oh, my God. I love all the streaming services. I'm such a rat. I got my PlayStation. I just got everyone else's account on my PlayStation. I think we like do a lot of trades. I'm like, I'll give you my Hulu account for which we got through spotify <laughs> yeah um but i think finally it's just being able to compromise with your partner as well like if you are a big spender and your partner is a big saver or vice versa i think that it's you guys have to find a good middle ground because you know if you find joy in like getting new things you can't get into debt doing that or spend all of your money you know, on new shiny things. But at the same time, like it can be stressful if your partner is constantly monitoring your, your spending. So I think you guys have to compromise and find middle ground. Like, are you guys going to go out to eat every single night of the week? No, maybe that's not in your budget. But if you guys figure out that like Wednesdays and Fridays are the night that we can order in or go out to eat and have date night, like that's compromise. You guys have to figure out like what works for both of you. Like you don't have to cook from home every single night for the rest of your life, but you also can't be on the opposite side of the spectrum. And I know this is going to be pretty hard for the person who's the one that's in debt. <laughs> it's going to be embarrassing to have to bring this up to your partner, but maybe giving you a little more confidence before going into and speaking to your partner about your debt. Have a plan. Have a plan. Yeah. Have something to show your partner how this is how I plan on getting out of debt. And I just think that might give your partner a little more respect for you, I mm -hmm. guess. Because like, it's not like you're not doing anything about it. Yeah. Like, it's not like this is going to be completely their burden just because they're with you. You should go into it having a set plan and knowing like, you know, this is going to be my way of t attending. But also be open to them, like giving you feedback also, like maybe you could do this a little bit better or work on this side of the budget a little differently. But this is what I was going to say earlier. It was that show... Oh, Love is Blind. The show Love is Blind where like the couples meet on the opposite sides of the wall and then like you get engaged. And then anyway, two of the couples were successful and have been married for now like two years. So they, they had like a rerun on Netflix of just like not a rerun, but a reunion for their anniversaries. And one of the couples on there, um, the girl was in about like $20,000 of student debt and just like dropped that bomb on the guy after they were already engaged. What the fuck? <laughs> I mean, like. Right. Like, it's not like they talked about it beforehand, but like, it's hard. I feel like those conversations are really hard to have about finances. So I'm going to wait till after we're engaged yeah. to have this conversation. Yeah. Right. But I mean, I feel like if you're going on that show anyways, uh, you all have some sort of something going on. I mean, yeah, you know, no, actually, I definitely am holding to that comment. <laughs> Who's like, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to go on a show. I mean, if I didn't meet you, like I wanted to go on The married Bachelor. Married at First Sight or whatever the fucking show is. Right. Yeah. But I mean, I don't, I think it's an experience. I think I'm going to marry you off it. of your voice and your hand. You have a nice hand. No one would ever marry me because I have the most annoying voice. After a weekend of partying. Day, yeah. yeah. Day two. <laughs> I mean, one day we'll get a financial expert on here. Maybe Dave Ramsey, who knows, or someone who could. Dave Ramsey, could feel free you, to give some advice. Yeah. Who could give you like concrete advice, but it ultimately comes down to communication and just being honest. I don't want to follow Dave Ramsey's. Why? Because I'm, I'm not trying to like. You're like, I'm going to do my own thing. I'm one. I'm going to do my own thing. Don't tell me what to do. And two. Do you know how many people he's literally 
literally help. All those people. How many people have you helped, John? How depressed do you think those people were for the year? He's like, don't spend anything. Yeah. I mean, again, I'm sure that there's room for- You better eat some oodles and noodles every night because that's all you can afford. I'm sure that there's room. You've never done the course. You can't judge it until you've taken public transportation to and from work. Wow. You're just being a full hater. (laughs) He's probably helped more people save millions than you have. Like, I know that for a fact. You haven't done anything. (laughs) I'm a big old loser. You've helped change diapers for the elderly. That's rude. They're called briefs. Depends. No, they're briefs. We're not allowed to call them diapers. Oh, but that's what they are. Anyways. Okay. So that's it. That's it for that topic. I don't like, though, that you just like shit on Dave Ramsey because I feel like if he like can help you guys out of a situation, he should be like... Use those sources. Devil's advocate, pros and cons. I know that his business model. You plan know that for isn't sure. Isn't his plan not to? You're like, asking me. I don't know. So you know that for sure? Because <laughs> I've never taken the course. I'm gonna just. I'm gonna assume. <laughs> I'm just saying it's. He's really gonna be budgeting you within your means of how you can survive. But I, I feel like it's gonna be a really rough transition. You don't know that. You don't know that. You've never you've never even read I'm sure a page out of his book. You're like, right, right, I haven't. <laughs> <laughs> that or his, or his podcast. Exactly. Does he have a podcast? So you truly like do not know. You're only doing this because you know of like one really frugal person who's taken his course. So it really just comes down to communication, honesty, and being on the same team as your partner. And then... Um, and actually following through with your fucking <laughs> your plan. debt plan. Yes. That's actually... That is a key point. How tough is that? Your willpower. Like you're going to have to crack down on your spending. So like you're going to have to have that willpower to really The hardest thing frugal. I know for us is when it comes down to like social events. Like when people are like, we're doing this, we're going on this trip. Come, like we're going to this concert. Uh, not for us, for you. <laughs> I literally have no problem being like, absolutely not. I don't feel like doing anything. Okay, fine. Then I'm just projecting. But yes, that is Alex's very difficult for me. vice is her FOMO. Well, I just like to do things with people. And then, but you know, it's it's hard. It's hard to say no sometimes. No, that doesn't really resonate with me. Because <laughs> you're just miserable. I have no problem You'd saying no. You'd rather just do nothing and just play video games. Just nothing. Just sit in the dark <laughs> corner. No, I don't know. I like I get one like doing stuff once in a while, but I don't feel the need to have to be around people 24/7. When it comes down to I'm like, "Oh, it's 2 grand to fly here. It's 4 grand to rent this hotel." I'm like, "Fuck that. Let's let's go to the brewery down the street, baby." <laughs> <laughs> we could all Again, meet there. But this is where it's it's you have to find compromise and you guys have to compromise together and be like, what's important to you? What, we're not going to go on six trips a year, but can we do one to two? That's what I'm saying. Compromise <laughs> on a big trip. Like right. we're doing a big trip at yeah. the end of the year after our wedding. Well, also because we don't have time to do a trip in between. True. True. But like even having that one trip, I, you know, I'm looking forward to that. Like yeah. that's something we have to look forward to. Right. But we do have to say no to other trips before that, knowing that like this is where where we want to put our money towards. Right. Right. Yeah. That's that. Should we jump into our segment? Would, Would you, you rather? rather? Okay. This is from one of my friends, Julie, who just turned 30. Hey, so John, if you didn't know me, if you were completely single, would you rather win the lottery in one year? Or find true love today. Win the lottery. What the fuck? And then I'd find you later. No, but what if like you did? What if like by that point I met someone else? I doubt it. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Because you'll never find someone like me. I'm sure I I would win. I would would definitely take the lottery. 100%. And then I'll 
hopefully find you afterwards. Hmm. How much is the lottery? I'm a firm believer in money makes happiness. Whoever well, said money doesn't make happiness is a buy, fucking liar. Buy happiness. Like money doesn't buy you well, Whatever, Whatever the saying <laughs> money is. Money doesn't make, make me happy. No, um, I mean, I'm with you there that like I think yeah, money definitely helps, but I don't think money fulfills you or gives you purpose as a person. It's like the same thing with like followers. It's like the more followers you get, like you think that you're going to. But it's not like followers. I'm saying if I'm a multimillionaire from winning the lottery, that's going to open the doors for me to find love because then I have the time to then, search it out. But then how do you know that someone's not just like marrying you because, because of your I'm, money because since i'm a multimillionaire, i'm gonna drive like a beat up old car have a shitty apartment no, and see if somebody no, when i go on dates and stuff yeah because so i want to make sure you already they... win the lottery no <laughs> <laughs> and you're just Alex waiting did this for TikTok, me <laughs> we did this tiktok where alex was like i'm humble john i know you're i know you're a rich prince <laughs> <laughs> i know you are this is just a whole ruse I'm waiting for you to just let me know. Fly me away in your private helicopter. So that's what you're that's what's going on right now. Right. Yep. <laughs> Still waiting to make sure you really married me for love. <laughs> All right. Well, that there's that. Ooh. I found I don't know, I found this on the internet because no one's sending me any goddamn questions. Would you rather be a clown who distracts the bull or the cowboy who rides the bull? I want to be the rider. Cause I ride, I ride what? you <laughs> like an actual bull, not like the mechanical bull. I'm saying like you're oh, on a yes. full. Mm -hmm. <laughs> <laughs> I am riding the bull. I'm holding onto those horns and I'm riding it. I was just thinking <laughs> yeah. of, yeah. Everyone thinks Alex looks like uh, the wrong Missy, the wrong Missy from the movie. The Lauren, wrong Missy. Lauren Lapkus. I think that's a compliment. So people, <laughs> Okay, thanks, John. So people always say like to do a scene from the wrong Missy. And when we went on vacation last year, we did a TikTok where she was talking about like riding a sea turtle. So just talking about riding things. I'm riding I'm it. I'm going to ride it. So yeah, I would definitely want to ride the bull because I feel like... You think you're less likely to get hurt riding the bull? May, I mean, no, no, no. Like I know that there's a lot of danger with that, but like I would rather be on I top. I feel like... Oh my God. Oh yeah. Relax. <laughs> oh, Relax. Yeah. No, that just made me think of another TikTok where the girl's like, do you want me to describe it to you? Like, do you know what it's like riding? Oh. Like on, having sex on top. <laughs> and it's the pig. And it's like a pig in a, a little baby <laughs> pool. <laughs> <laughs> Splashing around. Oh. Anyways. Okay. <laughs> all right. So we are going to jump into our segment. Give it to me straight where we answer all of your burning, burning questions. questions. <laughs> if you guys have any questions you would like to ask us, you could email us at hello at give it to me straight podcast.com jumping right in okay question number one my boyfriend and i have been together for two years and don't live together i'm in my early 30s and he's in his late 20s during the past two years we've had several conversations about getting engaged moving in together and getting married we both want to get married and have kids one day but have different ideas about when that should happen my boyfriend wants to live together now, but I want to wait until we are engaged. I recently moved out of my house with my roommates into my own apartment. The topic of us living together and getting engaged was brought up again then. Neither of us changed our minds. He still wants to live together now, and I still want to wait until we're engaged. Part of me wants to be patient, but part of me also feels like it's time to move forward somehow. I'm afraid that if we stay stagnant for too long, we will never move forward. My boyfriend said that he needs to buy a good ring from a jeweler before he could propose. I told him that an expensive ring isn't important to me, but it is important to him. So he's not going to propose until he can afford a ring that he wants to give me. He also has no timeline for when he wants to get engaged. I understand if he needs to save up for a ring, but... 
but I feel like he's had several financial opportunities to save up for slash buy a ring already. My boyfriend asked me to be patient with him and said he would propose when he could. He also said if I didn't want to wait to get engaged, I could propose to him. He doesn't care who proposes, but if he is going to propose, he said that he needs to do it his way. I wouldn't mind proposing to him, but I am hesitant because I'm afraid that maybe he really isn't ready slash doesn't want to get engaged right now. My boyfriend assured me that he would say yes if I propose, but I'm not sure if that's really what he wants. He seems so adamant that he needs to propose with an expensive ring, but now he's saying I could do it if I didn't want to wait. I asked him what was important to him, and he said, I'm important and our future together is important. I'm glad to hear that, but I feel like we are stuck right now. We've also talked about this so much that it hurts to keep talking about it. So I told him I'm not going to bring this up again until he does. Should I wait for him to propose not knowing if it will happen anytime in the foreseeable future or should I propose to him? I'm even thinking of caving and asking him to move in with me. I'm leaning towards proposing to him, but I'm hesitant. I tend to think if he really wanted to be engaged, he would have already proposed with or without an expensive ring. I would really appreciate any insight you have. Well, that's a very conflicting. It was so back and forth because at first I was like, it seems like you have certain milestones you want to hit before like this and this has to happen before like you're allowed to move Mm -hmm. in. And then I also thought he had milestones too. Like, well, I want to get a ring for you first and then, you know, then get engaged. But then he's like, well, but I'm fine moving in. I think he just wants to, he has it in his head that he wants to do it the right way with like a nice expensive ring. But you want to get thrown a curveball. He's like, well, you could propose to me. That's confusing. Well, it's also confusing then because it's like, if he's still going to get you a ring, is he then like just going to fast forward getting you the nice ring that he thinks that you deserve? My thing is, is like before John and I started dating, I had it in my head that I wasn't going to live with a guy unless we were engaged. But things changed. And like John and I ended up living together before we got married. Like we didn't own a house together. I think that that's a little bit different. I wouldn't recommend buying a house with someone unless you guys like were on that path towards an engagement. She's she's just renting her own apartment. right now. Yeah. Yeah. You know, but everyone is different. That's not to say that you like you can't buy a house with your boyfriend. But I think that you guys can live together before you're engaged. But again, if this is something that like it's a hard no for you, I think it's okay to stick to your guns, stick to your guns, to stick to your guns or like stick to your values on this. Like if this is something that you truly want, but I also think maybe you should dig down into the why and be like, why am I so set in these ways? Like, why am I so set on this? Like and not living together there, until there needs, we're engaged. There needs to be compromise between both of them. Yes. I'm just so confused by his statement of, well, I have to propose to you this way. But then he's like, ah, you can propose to me. I want to know if, he's almost just saying that to call her out, call her on it, like to see if she would actually do it. Right. Well, that's weird. That's a weird what counter would you, statement. What would you make. do? Like, would you, well, I'm traditional. I wouldn't let you propose to me. Cause that's not what I believe in. I think but that, other people believe in whatever the fuck. Yeah. They want, I mean, I think fine. that like women can propose to men or like, yeah. like people could propose to whoever that you want. I wonder though, if she did propose to him, and it was just a call out, like but, to call her on a bluff, maybe. But that's like my thing, too, when it comes down to like the ring, because it sounds like the only reason he's not proposing is because he wants to have the nicest ring for you. So if you were to propose to him tomorrow, it's going to have to like it's going to speed up the timeline of him getting you because he's going to get you a ring regardless. You know what I mean? It's going to speed up him having to get you a nice ring. So is he just going to get you a not nice ring because you were the one who proposed or is he going to just then get you the nice ring? Like 
It just sounds a little bit conflicting to me because you could always upgrade your ring as well. Get a fucking moissanite, bro. Like, how many people do we know that have moissanite rings? I want it. I want it in moissanite. I'm going to kill Alex. <laughs> I can't believe that. Um, I get Alex a, a, a fucking real diamond and she's like, well, I'd rather have a bigger moissanite, a moissanite. ring. I'm like, oh, okay. A conflict free. But I mean, again, it doesn't have to, like, whatever ring you have, it doesn't matter. It's the relationship behind it. Like... I see what you're saying where you're like, you don't, it doesn't matter what you propose to me with. I just want to get engaged to you. It, it just sounds like the priorities are a little bit like skewed with him. He's more or less I about honestly, appearances if, here. If I were you, I would actually ask him, be like, would you actually be okay with me proposing to you? For some reason in my head, I'm thinking he just did that just to kind of call her, call her on it to see if she actually would do but if it he to genuinely, give him some time. But if he genuinely is like, no, like, I would move forward with the marriage with you if you then propose to me. Yeah. Then do then it. Then do it. Yeah. And then because then you're getting what you want and yep. he's getting what he wants. Yeah. Too. Exactly. And then you can lock him into moving in with you. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it just it sounds a little back and forth, but a, a conversation needs to be had. I although I know you said you don't want to keep bringing it up, I would just confirm with him like, are you actually cool if I propose to you cuz I I fucking will. <laughs> I think it needs to be cleared up a little bit, your conversation and your your questions, because it seems like you're confused and, and like I, I get wanting to have clarity with Well, I think she it. knows what she wants. It's just no, no, do no. you propose? I'm yeah. saying clarity with exactly his terms and conditions yeah. and like what he actually really feels on right. the matter. Well, best of luck. Keep us posted. Let me know what kind of ring you get him. Question number two. My ex-boyfriend of three years blocked me on Venmo after our breakup, which I thought was weird considering he could have just made his transactions private. Fast forward to now, he has unblocked me from Venmo 10 months later. That was in parentheses. Like, who does that? He went out of his way to do that, but for what? I need answers, LOL. It's just so odd. I've never heard of someone blocking their ex on a payment app. For context, we stopped following each other on social media very early on and unfriended each other on Venmo as well, so we wouldn't see each other's activity. So why block? I don't get it. Why unblock? Still don't get it. <laughs> For someone who takes pride in never looking back, that's the lamest shit I've ever seen anyone do. <laughs> that is all. I mean, like, I, I've never, I know that, like, Venmo stalking is a thing, like, looking to see what people do. He could be buying prostitutes. He's like, here's... A thousand bucks for and, candy. And maybe he just like didn't want to go through the effort of making each transaction private because maybe if he was dating someone new or like talking to someone, they would be like, why are you making these transactions private? Because the other person can tell as well if they're public or private. So that's just my assumption is that like he probably was going on dates or whatever and having Venmo transactions with other girls and didn't want you to see and then after, like, he probably stopped talking to them and was like, well, then I'll, I'll finally unblock her. I can see, it's oh, a lot of effort on his end. But when you made the statement of like, we blocked each other on all social media platforms, I can see that being like, I don't want to know anything that she's doing. I don't want to know that Venmo, she could be like Sunday Funday with the girls or whatever, like maybe just not want to know what you're doing because he doesn't want to think about you. But to me, the back and forth shows me that he is still very interested in what you're doing. Well, now he is. Yeah. But I mean, at first, fresh wound. No, but for him to even block her on Venmo, who the fuck blocks people on Venmo? I mean, I think that like he obviously Salty cares. People. Yeah, he obviously cares. So that's who does it. Someone who still gives a shit about it, you. Maybe it's a stepping stone to get back into your life. Next, he's going to follow you back on Twitter and then Instagram. <laughs> Friend you on Facebook and then... 
add you in a relationship on (laughs) on Facebook. Yeah. That's kind of random though. I just think that this is someone who still has interest in you. But I mean, feel free to block him again if... uh, Have you ever stalked someone on on Venmo? Venmo? No. I have. Yep. 100%. On exes, I've definitely gone back and been like, who are you hanging out with? I mean, not recently. But But like after you guys already broke up? Yeah. mm -hmm. Because like that's a way to kind of see what they're psycho. up to. I just think like girls or I don't know, like not just girls. Like it's a, I thought it was like a normal thing that people knew about that. Like you could see what you're, what people are up to via Venmo. I wouldn't want to know anything about you. <laughs> I just like get, get all social media away. Cause I wouldn't want to know, like, especially if it was a bad breakup. Like if you broke up with me, I'd be sad. So I'd be like, I'm going to remove her from all social media, not to be childish, but to like, not be upset well, to you, seeing photos or whatever well, about right. you. And I think that that's what you have to do. Like whatever works for you mentally, because if you know that you're going to drive yourself crazy by constantly stalking this person, then block them or unfriend them. Yeah. Do whatever is best for your mental health. But to me, this guy, he just, he can't decide. He wants to see what you're doing, but he doesn't wants want cake to- and he wants to eat it too. Alex's motto that's your motto. You always say that. You can't have your cake and eat it too. Anyway, it's time to go do other things today. Hit the weights. <laughs> thank you guys Hit for the listening. Stairmaster. We will talk to you next week. If you have any questions that you want to email us, you can reach us at hello at give it to me straight podcast.com. You can find us on Instagram at give it to me straight podcast. And you can go to our website at give it to me straight podcast.com. We will see you guys ciao, next ciao. week. Ciao, ciao. Bye. Bye.